I'm Jethro Jones from Transformative Principle, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. And what it made me realize is that problems are the canvas upon which we paint meaning. And I, and I view problems with kids in a totally different light than I view problems with colleagues. Problems with kids are our opportunity. It's a call for help. It's a call for somebody to love. It's a call for somebody to be different. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. Did you know you can tell Siri to subscribe to the Burned In Teacher Podcast? Yep. Simply say, hey Siri, subscribe to the Burned In Teacher Podcast, and boom, you're done. Or you can simply go to your iTunes podcast app, search for the Burned In Teacher Podcast, and tap subscribe. That way you never miss a new Burned In Teacher Podcast episode. Okay, one more thing. After you subscribe, please scroll down until you see some stars Tap on the star you feel reflects your rating of the BIT podcast and leave a review that shares your thoughts or feelings about the show. I love giving Burned In Teacher listeners shout outs and sharing the love. So jump in there, take two minutes to subscribe, leave a rating and review to let me know what you think. Thanks so much. Hello, hello, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher podcast. This is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. I'm Amber Harper, your host, and today is episode 50 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. This is so exciting, and it is actually a coincidence. I did not plan on having today's guest on for this monumental episode for the podcast. It just happened the way it should have happened. Today, we get to talk with Vicki Davis from the 10-Minute Teacher Podcast. I respected her so much as a teacher myself when I was still working full-time in the classroom, and I still, to this day, really appreciate her wisdom, her honesty, and she is going to get so real with us today about her challenges as she continues to teach full-time in addition to running a very successful podcast and website to support her teachers. You know, I try to keep these episodes around 30 minutes. And as I was doing the edits, I thought, I've got to cut this under 30 minutes. I've got to cut this under 30 minutes. But I just couldn't. She gets really vulnerable with us. And she's a strong woman. But she's going to be really open about the challenges that she has faced, not only in her own teaching journey, but in the day-to-day challenges that we all struggle with. The comparison between our classrooms and what they look like compared to a hashtag Instagram or Pinterest-worthy classroom. Cell phones in the classroom, you know, personal challenges that affect our day-to-day life as teachers, and even deciding what you're going to believe to be true when other people try to tell you your value based on the way you look. You'll notice that she talks about the beginning of the school year because we actually did this episode back in August. So she talks a lot about preparing to go back into the classroom. However, whenever I interviewed her, I thought this is going to be the perfect episode for November as we talk about reflecting on our challenges and taking action steps to solve the challenges that are within our control. So as you listen in, really pay close attention to all of her truth bombs that she drops. You know, we are all fighting our own battles. We are all on our own path to either get out of burnout or stay out of it. And it really will come down to you putting on your teacher game face as we talk about and deciding what you are going to allow to affect your heart 
in your head. Vicki Davis is a full-time teacher and IT director and blogger at the Cool Cat Teacher Blog and host of the 10-Minute Teacher Podcast. She's been teaching for 17 years, and I'm so honored that she is the guest for our 50th episode. Before we jump into this interview, this episode is brought to you by the brand new Burned In Teacher Tribe. All the resources and support that you've always needed but haven't been able to find until now. The Burned In Teacher Tribe is built on the belief that you don't just need excellent content, but you need a strong supportive community to help you to get out of burnout. So what I've done with the Burned In Teacher Tribe is I have curated my courses, the ebook, group coaching, one-on-one coaching. And I pulled it all together into a community where we can not only access all of the resources, but have a supportive group of teachers that all have the same goal. Get out and stay out of teacher burnout. Go to burnedinteacher.com slash tribe to learn more about the tribe and all of the action and support that you'll experience once you join. Burnedinteacher.com slash tribe. I'll see you in there. Now, without further ado, here is my interview with Vicki Davis. Burned in Teachers. I'm so excited to introduce you to Vicki Davis, also known as Cool Cat Teacher, and she's also the host of the 10 Minute Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the show, Vicki. Thanks for having me, Amber. So tell us a little bit about your journey as an educator. I'm sure you have so many great pieces of wisdom to share with us today, but I'd love to hear where you got started and where you are now. So I'm about to start my 18th year of teaching. It wasn't really planned. I actually was a business major at Georgia Tech. I got into teaching because my own children, um, my oldest, um, has a learning difference. And then after that, I found out my youngest has one too. (laughs) So uh, that's one reason I know a lot about technology is because I needed to find the technology to help them. So I got into teaching really for them to be at their school. And um, I, you know... I didn't really plan to stay. <laughs> I was like, you know, okay, I'll try this a year. And uh, the lady, Betty Shaver, who hired me, said, you would make a great teacher. And I'm like, I'm not totally sure, but I'll try a year. And that was, you know, now 18 years. So, um, yeah, so I, I love it. And I've also been IT director. So I get to work with all ages as well as teach classes. So that's your current position as the IT director? I am an IT director and then I teach four classes. So I teach grades okay. seven, eight, nine, and then a digital film class for the older kids. That's what I do currently. I've done lots of different things. So I've taught in on a daily basis from seventh grade through 12th grade at different times in my career. So with all of that being said, and as passionate as you do sound, and as much as you love to interact with those students and um, and connect with them, has there ever been a time in your career where you have experienced teacher burnout? Totally. So I've had three different times, but I'll talk about the worst. And I really, you know, um, don't have a lot of places where I've talked about it. I'm at a a new school now. Uh, I'm entering my second year in my new school. But one year I had um, seven classes, no planning period, prom, um, National Honor Society, and a homeroom. And it was so much. It was just, I I don't even really have words, plus IT director, so fixing all the computers. And, you know, um, I actually, at the time, I told my principal, I said, I will never do prom again. I cannot do this. And he, and, you know, honestly, they did prom the the year I left, and I wasn't going to do it. Um, It's a shame that sometimes us teachers will actually leave a place for reasons that don't have anything to do with our regular job. But, um, you know, parents were disagreeing. Um, it was just difficult to have on top of everything. And I actually went to my principal when I realized what was happening because I was completely, I just, it was too much. And I said, listen, you know, I'm trying to figure out ways to cope. You know, part of dealing with burnout, this was my second time really dealing with it, is realizing you're entering it or about to go in it. Mm -hmm. And I knew pretty quickly, you know, my thoughts aren't healthy. Um, this is not good. I'm not myself. So, you know, what can I do? Because we can control a lot more than we think we can. Mm -hmm. And there are things we can control. So I went to him and I got permission to be able to walk um, around the track or outside during my break or lunch. And I started bringing my tennis shoes. And every day I would just walk and listen to music because, you know, a lot of us have duties. And so I asked for, you know, until prom for the next two to three weeks to not have a break or lunch duty 
So could I just walk and have a moment where I could just breathe and look at the sky and look at the birds and just have just, you know, eight minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> nine minutes, 10 minutes. So, um, was that the only thing, you know, I, I will admit I really did burn out and I, I feel like that it really took to July that summer to kind of, you know, I think it was tubing on the river somewhere up in North Georgia. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm starting to heal. Because, you know, some people say, oh, you get your summers off. Well, teachers don't get their summer off. We get to try to heal in the summer Mm. because you can really be wounded. But I will tie it back to how I feel now. I think that going through that and the other times that I have um, gone through it, now that I've been doing this for a while, I have realized that there are things I absolutely cannot control. You know, I was in Tennessee um, giving a keynote at their technology conference, and they were some of them were a little frustrated because they're going back to paper and pencil tests. They're going back to Pearson, and, like, their legislature has really kind of made a mess the last five or six years with testing, and they're frustrated. But they can't control that. Mm-hmm. Why am I going to lay awake at night and be upset over things I cannot control? So, you know, I turned 50 this year, which is very freeing. And I'm getting ready to run. I know. I'm getting ready to run in a Disney Princess run, um, 10K half marathon. And I was telling my sisters, you know, what am I going to wear? I'm going to be Elsa because Let It Go has Mm. been kind of my new theme. Because, and that today something happened today, which wasn't a really big deal. But I'm in my mind, I'm like, Let It Go, Let It Go. Because when you hold on to unimportant things, you can't, don't have the bandwidth to do the important thing. And the important thing is, When those children come within 10 feet of you, you have a chance to teach. That is my love. That is my passion. And anything that takes me away from that is making me less of a teacher. But I have to choose. I can choose my response. You know, uh, Stephen Covey says that responsibility means I am able to control my response. So I can't do anything about a crazy schedule. I can't do anything about prom. I can't do anything about teachers, you know, adults fussing, silly stuff. I can't do anything about that, but I can control myself and how I respond to it. So um, I don't have great answers, um, but I do know that just stick with it and you can get through it. And uh, there is a time where you say, you know what? This is just so much that I would be better off somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Was that the only thing that had me move? No. But was it a big factor that that people did not listen when it was just too much. Yes, absolutely. It's a factor. When you have people who look at you and say tough, you're just going to have to suck it up. Then you do suck it up, but you remember that you do. Mm. If after today's episode, you're wanting even more, check out this month's Burned In Teacher podcast freebie at burnedinteacher.com slash reflect. In it, I break down what it means to reflect on your challenges because Burned In is an eight-step acronym. B stands for begin where you are. U stands for understand your teacher brand. R is reflect on your challenges. N is nurture your strengths. E is extend your reach and possibilities. D is determine your long-term goals. I is initiate lasting change. N is never settle. So go to burnedinteacher.com slash reflect and get this month's Burned In Teacher podcast freebie. Chapter three of my ebook, Burned In Teacher Training, eight steps to go from surviving to thriving in education. Enjoy the chapter, take action and burn on. There's so many things that I jotted down as you were talking, Vicki. <laughs> oh my goodness. So when you talked about taking time out, asking if you can go outside and walk, that reminds me of Nate Lau's episode about run hard, rest well. I think it was episode 36. He said, we've got to get away as much as we can, as often as we can, get away from the cement and the and the glass and surround ourselves with green and blue. And totally. that's exactly what you did. And did that have a, a decent amount of an effect on you? Well, I'm a farmer's daughter. It has a <laughs> massive effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel better 15 minutes into a run. I mean, yes. I'm going to go run when we finish recording this. And is, is it fun to run in South Georgia when it feels like 105 <laughs> and so humid and the gnats, you know, you know, if you chew gum while you run, then you're chewing gnats or you're breathing <laughs> in gnats. Um, but get some protein you while feel, you're running. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we just have to 
am I always able to run? Am I always able to make time? I, I think that the older I get, the sweeter it gets because I'm learning better how to manage myself, you know, my classroom management. I'm not going to say I have it under control because you do. And then you get yeah. some situation that happens and you're like, what? Yeah. But, um, you know, we have to be sensitive to ourselves and we have to advocate for ourselves and we have to learn how to say no when we can. And, um, and there are times when people will not listen where we have to say as hard as it is that there's a better place for me to work. Mm -hmm. There is a time for that. And I never thought I would ever say that because I thought I would be where I had been forever. But there is a time you know, that you have to, you have to draw a line. And uh, that line is different for different people. You know, some people aren't a good fit for the classroom. So right. th their, their thing is they need to move. And I know you're really big on that, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, teaching is not easy, but I'm in love with children. Mm -hmm. I love them and I love teaching and I love teaching adults. Like I teach a Sunday school class of ladies that are 50 to a hundred. So just give me people to teach. Like, that's what I love. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to remember when this other stuff comes, what's important and what do we need to let go? And then we need to sing, sing the Frozen song mm -hmm. and let it go, let it go, you know, and just, you know, we need to forgive people. Yeah. We oh. need to, I mean, these are just things that you, we have to do so we can just live a good life. That is such an important point to make that you have to forgive because if you don't, you really do carry that with you. And I had a similar situation where I left a school that I worked at for seven and a half years. And even though I left and I know that that is what was best for me, it took me a long time to forgive and I really wish, and I want to ask you this question here in a second, I really wish that I would have taken the time to give what lessons I learned from that experience, the respect that they deserved, and forgave who I felt wronged me, and also hope that they also forgave me for the mistakes that I made, because there were a lot of things that I did that, that were not helpful to the situation. Um, but just like you, there were a lot of things also where I just felt like I wasn't listened to. Um, so my question for you is, you know, after, you know, you did make the move, um, what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know about yourself before? Uh, oh, you know, I'm still kind of getting through it and in some ways healing up from the move because it's really hard. And I'll always love the school that I spent all that time, 28 years of my life, if I count all the time I was a student there. Mm. So it's a really big deal. And it was really, really hard. I did learn a lot. Um, I think, you know, some people I would have been more direct with and just kind of told them what was going on. I don't know how much I could have done different. I did learn how to keep a secret because, <laughs> you know, my principal knew, but it was pretty much a secret until December. Um it's just hard. It, mm -hmm. it, it's just hard when you are a teacher who is a beloved part of the fabric of a school, you have to understand that your leaving impacts almost everybody. Absolutely. And, and you have to know that, but you know, I will tell you this, the biggest thing is I have some friends who have cancer and some of them have terminal cancer and Near the end, that last two months, three months, I had two or three colleagues who could not see me in the hall without crying. They literally cried every time they saw me. And I thought to myself, you know, I'd much rather laugh and enjoy the talk about the good times. And and I kind of started and I don't have terminal cancer, not at this point in my life, you know, thank the Lord. But um, I started understanding why I think some people with terminal diseases stop going out in public because we need to be happy we see people mm -hmm. and we need to love people. And when some, yes, there are goodbyes, but goodbyes are part of life. And whether it's terminal or it's a surprise, goodbyes are part of life. And we have to live life every day with joy. And, you know, I've also learned this. My mom has dementia. Every day is a day for joy. Every day is a day to be happy to see the people you're around. And when we have to say goodbye, we have to say goodbye. So enjoy this moment 
and enjoy this time and know that kids are learning from it. But there's a million things I probably could have done differently. Um, it's just, it's just hard. It's Mm. hard to leave a place that loves you, that you love, but am I better off? Five million percent. Oh, I know. Change is so hard, but most of the time you can really find the silver lining in, in the reasons that you have left and in your current reality. It was the right thing and mm-hmm. it was the right thing to do, but it was an easy thing. That's actually, that leads into my next question because you don't seem like the type of person that would make a rash reactive decision. It seems like you would definitely think it through and analyze it. So did you do any research or were there any resources that you um, tapped into to help you to make that tough decision? Well, I mean, you know, besides my friend Angela Watson had this grid about should I stay or should I go where you list things, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, Yes, I've seen that before. Yeah, it's actually Mm -hmm. a very good one. I actually filled it out and uh, and, and had about 50 reasons to leave and about 20 to stay. Of course, the ones to stay were very compelling, you know, teaching family members and things. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's very compelling. Um, But in the end, you know, it's a family decision. Um, You know, just hearing people talk about it. I think the one thing that I've never heard people talk about is that, you know, leaving when you're not bitter. Honestly, I wasn't bitter. I wasn't angry. Uh, The decision had been made. I actually turned in my one year notice. So I told them the April before I left that I would like to be out of my contract and and I felt like I need to go. And my principal for a variety of reasons said, no, you know, I don't want to let you out of your contract. And uh, technically I could have walked and could have done that, but I love the school too much to do that. So I worked an extra year knowing. So I knew a very, very long time. But, um, and you know, I got accused of, oh, you're having a midlife crisis. Yeah, you're, you know, whatever. That doesn't matter. This is not their decision to make. It's your decision. But I do wish more people had had just talked about, you know, it's hard. Even if it's right, change is hard. I mean, a lot Mm. of people just like, I just want out of the classroom. I don't want out of the classroom. I didn't want to get away from my students. I love those students. I would have packed them all up in a suitcase and taken them with me if I could have. It had nothing to do, you know, and some people, a lot of people who talk about leaving a situation sound to me, not all, but sound to me kind of bitter and angry. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you're happy, when you love your classroom, you love your students, and you need to leave? Yes, that's hard, but sometimes it's the right thing to do. I can totally relate. It was very, I left in the middle of the school year uh, from my corporation to take on another role somewhere else. And it was the hardest thing. I had such good friends at that school. They were so hard to leave. I had such a great class. They were so hard to leave, but I just knew in my heart that it was the best thing to do. And it really was. So I would like to transition um, into the next section of this interview, which is kind of special and exciting for me, is you're not only a fantastic teacher, but you also have a fabulous podcast, the 10-Minute Teacher Podcast, which I've listened to for years. So I'm so excited to talk a little bit about this and what made you decide, just I'd love to hear kind of the journey of the 10-Minute Teacher Podcast, Cool Cat Teacher, you know, what caused you to create, I already actually know why you created it, Um, but Hmm. I'd love for you to share with your listeners, you know, what caused you to start this journey and what keeps you going and how you manage both being a teacher and a podcaster. So I started blogging in 2005 because I needed, I wanted to teach blogging and you got to learn how to do it first. And I felt, I honestly felt very called to blogging, even though I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. So I came home and I'm like, you know, husband, I feel called to blog. And he's like, I don't know what it is, but if you feel called, <laughs> do it. Right. So, um, and I didn't know what it was, but I actually started podcasting pretty quickly with women of web 2.0. So there was a show I was on. We did about a hundred episodes with, with some amazing other ladies, um, and, uh, and that was awesome for like a year. And some of those episodes are still out there. And then um, I worked with a big global collaborative project called Flat Classroom. And when I left that, I was like, you know what? I just love podcasting. So I actually started podcasting again with a show called Every Classroom Matters. I was with the BAM Radio Network for, I don't know, two or three years. And it was awesome. And I learned a lot. But then as I kind of prayed over it, I was like, you know what? There's just things that I, I want to do 
that you know, I, I really believed in a five-day-a-week show. And that's a lot for anybody. That's mm. a lot to ask people to commit to. It's a and lot to, to do a weekly podcast. I can't oh, imagine. Oh, it's a lot to do yeah. a weekly. Of course, my shows, you know, are 10, 12 minutes. But yeah. I, I just truly, because here's the thing, is that educators are awesome. We deserve our own talk shows. Mm. We deserve our own media. And in many ways, we do have it. But, but you know, and, and you have this one, you know, you can listen to all these different podcasts that are once a week, and that's awesome. Um, sometimes podcasts will feel like echo chambers because you have the same people you see on, like, lots of different podcasts. And for me, I wanted to get, like, every day has a theme. So Motivational Monday, EdTech Tool Tuesday, Wonderful Classroom Wednesday, Thought Leader Thursday, and Five Idea Friday. Okay, so every day has a theme. And I kind of did that to force myself to make sure we had a diversity. Mm-hmm. So it's not just me talking because, goodness knows, people do not want to hear me talk all the time. And my students don't. That's why they kind of run the class, right? I'll, I'll help them and coach them. But um, a wonderful Classroom Wednesday is classroom teachers. Like, I wanted it to be teachers. So while there's plenty of room, you know, most of the authors will go on a Thursday. But usually... You know, sometimes an author, and that's nothing wrong with authors, I'm an author, but, you know, sometimes authors will be on Monday, but most days of the week, it's classroom teachers. Mm -hmm. And I love it when people say, hey, this is the first podcast I've ever done. Like, to me, that's my measure of, Mm -hmm. of success. And then, you know, kids, and by doing it five days a week, it really forces me and us to really dig deep and say, okay, what are the important topics that need to be covered that aren't being covered? Who are the people that are saying things? And, you know, honestly, still, there are some people who are just too, quote, busy to be on a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, because mm-hmm. it took you a while to get me. And, and that was just <laughs> hopefully just miscommunication. But they just won't talk to you. They won't answer you, whatever. And you're just like, ah, I do have a lot of people who want to listen to this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I just and so it was February 2017, I actually took a day off school, recorded five or six episodes and I told my, I actually had more than that. I was like, I'm gonna have 10, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't know anything. My husband, um, he's my producer, so he edits and stuff and that makes things nice. Um, and I just said, you know what? I am going to go sit in my chair in the den with my laptop and I am not going to leave this house until I have three podcast episodes uploaded. And tagged and all the stuff you have to do, you yeah. know, that takes a while oh, to learn yeah. how to do. Uh-huh. And it took me a whole day. By the end of the day, I had three episodes up. And then like the next day, I looked and I had like, first day, it was like 800 people had listened. Wow. I was like, what? That's incredible. Like, people want to listen, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so the show has broken uh, 2 million downloads now. Um, That's incredible. Has, that yeah. should be celebrated. Yeah, I did. That's I amazing. did. It, it's crazy. 194 countries. Every country except North Korea has listened mm-hmm. to the show. But you know, it's not, it's really about teachers. Like that's, you know, just like I have a love for kids, I have a massive love for teachers. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's teachers with that pure motivation of they don't want to talk about themselves. They'll never tell you anything amazing they did. They'll never brag on themselves. They are these humble people who are happy at the back of the room, clapping for the kids. Mm. That's like, those are my heart, you know, because I, I feel like that teacher who struggles and my mom. um, So my mom has dementia and she doesn't know anybody. There's one thing that she remembers. There's one thing I can talk to her about. She was brought back into teaching because there were these 10, quote, bad boys. She calls them her bad boys. There were these 10, quote, bad boys who were not going to graduate from high school and one girl. And the principal called her over and said, Sue, these these kids aren't going to graduate. And I need you to teach them all their classes because all their teachers refuse to teach them because they're so terrible. And they've done all these bad things. And I need you to come in and teach them. And so she would cook food in the mornings and she would bring in a cake or cinnamon roll or whatever. She'd put it up the front of the classroom and she would say, okay, we have to learn this, this, and this. And she listed the objectives. And after we do that, we're going to eat whatever it is she brought, right? (laughs) And all those kids graduated. Some of them went back into the regular classroom. Wow. But 
I've she, heard you tell this story before. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes. She will talk about her, her bad boys and she will say, and even now she can't, she doesn't know me. She doesn't know my dad. She doesn't know anybody, but I can talk to her about, I'll say, mom, how about your bad boys? And she'll say, I loved my bad boys. Aww. I loved them and they graduated and I taught them. And what it made me realize is that problems are the canvas upon which we paint meaning. Mm. And I, and I view problems with kids in a totally different light than I view problems with colleagues. Problems with kids are our opportunity it's a call for help. It's a call for somebody to love. It's a call for somebody to be different. So if I ever hear at the lunch table or break and somebody says, oh, so-and-so, blah, blah, you know, they're going to be difficult. They're going to be hard. It's like they have a bullseye nail on their forehead mm-hmm. in the shape of a heart for me because that is going to be the kid I love. That is going to be the kid I reach because there is something special and beautiful. If that's the only thing my mama can remember, mm-hmm. then that's important mm-hmm. because it's more obviously more important than me. Oh. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, not that it's more important than me, but but somehow the problem you have in solving the problem in reaching those kids, it you just can't you you can't get that anywhere else. Mm, that mm-hmm. can't be, we cannot overstate the importance or underestimate the importance of being that teacher. And so every time I see those kids who struggle, I think of my mom and it's like, I want to be that person who there. And I don't, she never really called them bad boys. That was her little private pet name for them. <laughs> right. Because they called them. We all have those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, they're just my special ones. Mm. They're my strugglers. They're my, and and I just teachers who who have that approach, who love. Um, there's this new fellow, C.J. Reynolds, who has a YouTube channel, and when I talk to him, I feel like he has that love of the struggler. And when I meet teachers who have that, there was this lady up in Canada. She uses puppets to teach kids um, behavior issues, and she's just this innocent, sweet, beautiful lady. And she just loves them. And it's like that, that is what teaching is about. Mm -hmm. Pure motives. And that is what I want the legacy to be. And, you know, you and I think yesterday when we were recording my podcast, we're talking about Mr. Rogers. Mm. It's like (laughs) the world needs more of that. It's okay to be nice. It's okay to be kind. It's okay to love and that's what we should do. And that's what we should celebrate. And we have to get past the hype. And this is, you know, I intentionally only have one day where I focus on ed tech. Mm-hmm. Ed mm-hmm. tech would take every day mm. if oh. I let it. <laughs> and I love yes. ed tech and I love tools. But you know what? <laughs> it's so much less about the tools now. And it's yeah. more about how the teacher's using it. Oh, it's so, yes. That is that is what I preach when I work with one-to-one tech integration with schools and teachers. It's is it's not about the tech, it's not about the tool, it's about the task, it's about your goal, it's about what you're trying to do with the child, with the tool. Can you tell me, so you've done how many episodes? I mean, five episodes a week for how many years? I think Monday we're starting season six and mm-hmm. it is episode 531. I actually have it on my desk. Wow. My husband and I, we have systems in place. Episode yes. 531. Uh, but you know, here's the thing. There is so much room for awesome podcasts. Oh my gosh. Yes. There's, and it's in it. This is a massive grant. Like Pandora, I just got approved to add my my podcast to Pandora. Mm. Pandora's adding podcasts. Spotify's adding podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's such a, and it gives us like, let's take our media back. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we listening to, to, to things that are, you know, to, you've been in the classroom, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. 12 but years. There mm-hmm. are tons of people producing content for education. That's mass consent you know, mass consumed by educators, writing stuff, doing things that are supposed to tell us what to do in the classroom and good luck holding one down, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that doesn't mean they're totally irrelevant. I mean, there's some people, I guess, who can sit at a desk and really write some stuff that's helpful to teachers. That's okay. But for me as a teacher, my heart is I want teachers to be able to help teachers. And there's a lot of other folks out there. I mean, that have been doing this a lot longer. There's a fellow named uh, what Jeff Lebo with um, EdTech 
what's that called? EdTech, ATT or whatever it is. My friend Cheryl Oaks works with it. You know, there's a lot of people who've been doing this a very long time. This is not like we invented it, <laughs> you know, but, yes. um, but podcasts are just one awesome way to, uh, to share as mm-hmm. well as blogs and, mm-hmm. and it gets harder and harder. It's harder and harder for blogs to get noticed just because there's so much noise and a lot of people spending a whole lot of money on advertising on Facebook and Google and all that SEO you have to do search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have found that lately it's a lot harder to get your blog found than it is to get a podcast found because podcast is still new and Google is getting ready to index podcasts and Mm -hmm. turn it into text so that when you do a search, it's going to show two or three podcasts in its search results. And you're actually going to be able to play a podcast from your Google search browser that's coming. Yeah, so voice is is kind of where audiobooks are growing faster right now than oh, ebooks from what I've read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's my favorite way to read is with it with an audiobook. Do you have any favorite podcasts that you listen to on, or favorite blogs that you read? Oh goodness. Um, you know, I have a lot. I do listen to This Week in Technology with Leo Laporte because I watched Tech TV many years ago. <laughs> and so I feel like I've and, and he's my geek person. Um, you know, I kind of have all the different genres. So I love uh, Castro, which is my, um, not Fidel Castro, Castro, the app that you listen to podcasts in, uh, because it gives you an inbox and you get to pick what you want to listen to. So uh, I'm starting to listen to your podcast. So I've started that, but you know, like Casey Bell and her shakeup learning and Matt Miller stuff. I love that. Mm -hmm. Jennifer Gonzalez, um, uh, Angela Watson, um, Linda Cardamus will teach from the heart. Mm. Um, I like a lot of her stuff. There's some other podcasts that I've been kind of been dabbling in. I think it's just important though, to look at a variety of things, because if you want your kids, if you want to be interesting, be interested. Oh, I love that <laughs> Oh, quote. Andy Andrews. Yeah. I love Andy Andrews. And he has so many great books and he has a great podcast mm-hmm. and he's just a very practical Will Rogers type person very practical. And, you know, so you learn from all these different places. Um, I listen to my own pastor's podcast, Michael Catt, uh, with the Sherwood podcast, because I'll find that if I listen without distractions around me, sometimes I'll get more stuff out of it. Um, so, you know, just be intentional. I think Mm -hmm. that's the big thing is Mm -hmm. be intentional, expose yourself to lots of people. Um, I'm a big believer. Uh, so Cal Newport wrote a great book called Deep Work. Yes, I love that. And book. he also has Digital Minimalism, which is a very good book. But mm-hmm. Deep Work is life changing. And he says we've lost the ability to do deep work. And I think that for me, like in the car, that's going to be my podcasting learning time. Mm-hmm. I do want to try to read about an hour a night. Um, so that's important to me. But I also want to have these uninterrupted times of three to four hours where I'm able to do deep work. And he actually says that there are many people who can't. Mm-mm. That's one of the secrets of doing my podcast is I will I can sit down and work for three or four or five hours. I do think cell phones belong in schools. But today I spent the day revising our bring your own device policy. Mm. So, you know, uh, these cell phones are, are challenging. I mean, they're ve- they're very presence in a room on a desk nearby can distract the whole classroom and working memory can drop two or three points. Mm-hmm. However, we have to learn how to live with these phones. So, you know, I like the idea of turning them off, having them in a holder by the door. But then when we need them, we turn them on, we use them. And then when we don't need them, we turn them off and we put them up. Mm-hmm. And I think we as educators have to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I actually was, as I was doing this research, I came across a totally unrelated study. It was about moms who use cell phones too much, mm-hmm. don't pay attention to their kids. They found out that those moms were angrier, more frustrated, and their kids were more disrespectful. And we've really got a massive cell phone addiction going on in oh, our world. For sure. It's just huge. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, technology companies and drug dealers, the only people who call their customers users and um, we, we use it. We have dominion over it. And, you know, there have been times, including recently, where I've had to step back from social media and say, I am using it. You're not using me. <laughs> and, and that's, that's a really good perspective. Reason, yeah. And that's one reason I can get a podcast done five days a week, mm-hmm. because I will pick up my phone and use it some, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's that's really good advice. And both of those books are fantastic. I will put all of these resources that Vicki is talking about in the show notes, including the Should I Stay or Should I Go grid from Angela Watson. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. That's mm-hmm. a good one. So I have one more question. I know that listeners, most listeners who are listening to this podcast have probably heard of you. But if they haven't, can you tell them a little bit about where they can find you? So I'm coolcatteacher.com. My podcast is coolcatteacher.com forward slash podcast. I am on Instagram, Twitter, just about everywhere. Coolcatteacher, spelled correctly. <laughs> all one word, all lowercase. And I'm on Facebook, coolcatteacher. So I'm on Pinterest for coolcatteacher. And mm-hmm. Tumblr is vickydavis.me. That's the only one that's different. But everywhere, I'm pretty much coolcatteacher. So just connect, tweet me. Probably the easiest thing to do is to tweet at me because I will check that every so often. Um, I do not do it during the day. And if you see me tweeting or posting during the day, it's because I scheduled it. So that's one big thing. Mm -hmm. I just think that we have to focus on what's right in front of us. Um, And, you know, this whole, I need to stop and take a selfie in every moment. It's just, I just don't think it's healthy. And the other thing is when you turn 50, like I do, one day, some of these folks are not going to want to take a selfie. (laughs) And... (laughs) Uh, and you know, as a woman in particular, you know, I mean, I had somebody tell me that, um, you're 50 and you're fat. Okay. So I'm overweight. I'm in 30, 13 pounds down. I'm going to lose 70. You know, who's going to want to look at you on stage? You know, men who are older or men who are fat, they can speak, but women who are overweight and you know, they can't. Right. Okay. I disagree with that, but there you go. Wow. Can you believe that? I, you but can't see my face, uh, you know, you're listening, but I'm <laughs> like, my jaw is on the desk right now. <laughs> who would well, say that to somebody? Just think about, mm-hmm. think about who you see on stage. I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. And, you know, the source will go unnamed and they were trying to be helpful. And yes, I need to lose weight. And, and, and I do. Uh, am I, am, you know, there've been some people in my life. I went to them and they said, yeah, actually I love you. I wish the world wasn't that way, but it is that way. You've got, you know, I have to. So I'm running, I'm, you know, I'm doing all this and that's not, I'm not doing it because of the stage. I'm doing it because, you know, my son needs me to lose weight too. And he's lost 20 pounds. I've lost 13. He's lost 20. My husband's lost 20. That's, you know, it needed to happen. We needed to do it. Mm -hmm. It was the right thing to do. And yes, that's hurtful. Uh, It's not okay that that is how things seem to be. And there are people who, who uh, contradict that statement it's not always that way, but, you know, we just have to pick back up and and uh, try to make a difference in our world mm-hmm. that and tries to look at our... Control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, when we... You know, I saw these, these six beautiful women at a restaurant. We went up to Liberty University for my son to go to a big man camp because he's 315 pounds and uh, almost 6'6". Six, six. He plays football and he may play college football. We're just trying to decide... But we're at this restaurant, this beautiful rooftop restaurant, and it is a gorgeous restaurant, and the food is amazing. Well, I look over there, and there are these six women, beautiful women, like beautiful women, and they have this poor little waiter, and he's trying to take a picture of them on the rooftop. Mm -hmm. Okay, it took them over 30 minutes to get a picture that all of them were happy with. Oh, my goodness. And I'm sitting here thinking... To myself, beautiful ladies, you are beautiful. What in the world makes us, you, me, we do it too. I've done it too. I'm there not alone. What makes us think that our value is in the picture we post? Why can't the value be in the life I just changed Mm -hmm. or that I turned around my bad boys. Right. (laughs) And you know, my mom is still just as valuable and she has dementia and she doesn't remember to turn on, put on lipstick. Mm -hmm. She's still a beautiful masterpiece made before time began for good works. Mm -hmm. So when I see this over selfie thing, we perpetuate Mm -hmm. it just, it, it upsets me because I think that, that we should be known for the works of the heart and not whether our face looks like a work of art. That's oh. what I... You know, Vicki, you have dropped so many amazing quotes today. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I hope so. You have seriously, <laughs> they, they've been fantastic and totally appropriate. 
So is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today uh, before we go into the Burned and Teacher lightning round? Oh, goodness. Um, just that teachers, you're, you're very important. You're awesome. And, you know, I've been kind of transparent with sharing some of the down moments and some of the hard things. But that doesn't mean that I'm not smiling and happy. Mm-hmm. I love the life I have. I love teaching. I love students. My life is not perfect. But your attitude towards your kids is your decision. And I believe a teacher game face is a smile. Mm-hmm. Every child deserves to be taught by a happy teacher. And um, I didn't get that from me. The Southside Christian has this amazing principal. I think his name is Rob. And he told me that. That's up in uh, South Carolina. And I was just like, oh, you know, every child does deserve. And he says that uh, he expects every teacher to smile. And if they catch him not smiling, they need to tell him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because kids deserve to be taught by happy teachers. And I'm like, that is so true. And here's the thing is there's something called embodied cognition. Embodied cognition is that your body is more interrelated to your brain than you understand. Mm. When you start smiling, there are chemical changes that happen in your brain that make you happier. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you do it? Do we do it because we want people to feel sorry for us? Do we do it because we're resentful and we have too much to do and we want everybody to know? Are we just afraid to have joy? Are we afraid to be happy? Are we afraid that means everything is okay? Just because I smile does not mean my life is perfect. Mm -hmm. I can smile and still have a heartache. Mm -hmm. Um, That's okay. And I'm not faking it because kids can tell. But I just want teachers to just know that uh, we can't wait for other people to respect us. Nope. We have to respect ourselves. Mm-hmm. You can't manage other people. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. All you can do is manage yourself and your own behavior. That's right. Yes. Such great nuggets of wisdom. So many. And you're, I, I knew that we were going, I knew you were going to send us to church today, Vicki. <laughs> hope so. I could only hope. (laughs) I just don't want to feel preachy because, you know, the thing, the mistake I made even during my burnout time, which Mm -hmm. could have been part of my burnout, is when I got so excited about technology, I made the mistake early in my career, probably the first five or six years to think that just because I found a podcast or because I found blogs or because I found this or that, and it was the best thing ever and it changed my life, that I thought that meant everybody else needed to do it too. Mm. And now my philosophy is innovate like a turtle. Mm. Every teacher should be making slow, steady progress in in a way that suits their style, their passions, their interests. Um, I, I wish if I could go back and talk to myself, it would be to, and I respect the teachers, don't get me wrong, but I think that attitude of thinking everybody has to be like you, I mean, God forbid people are like me. It's just not, it's not okay. We have to treat people, our colleagues with respect. We mm-hmm. have to know that 98% of teachers have a great heart. They want to do what's right, but they have their own style and we can't force ourselves on them. And when, when I did that, when I made the mistake of, of, of coming across disrespectful and making teachers feel bad or whatever, that doesn't work. It, it made my burnout worse because then some of my colleagues didn't like me. Mm-hmm. And when people don't like you, you know it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right? I know. You typically know if people don't like you more often than you know if people do like you. <laughs> True. Very right? true. <laughs> so quote are, yourself on that. Write that quote down <laughs> right now and put that in the quote because that long got it. in the quote. Yeah. <laughs> This the show notes on this episode are going to be very quote heavy, (laughs) (laughs) including your own. You have a lot of good ones too. So there's two things you said. First of all, you said that you got very transparent. That's what this podcast is all about. It's all about sharing the hard stuff. It's about opening the conversation about the things that we don't typically hear. Because just like on social media, like you like you said earlier, we typically only see the beautiful stuff. You know, and I think the Insta beautiful classroom. The, oh my goodness! And I see that. I, I just can't. I can barely look on Instagram I anymore. Ju- well, right now is when it's like, getting yeah, so bad. Right. Yeah, it's getting so bad right now. Um, and I actually I went on a I did a Facebook Live today, um, on my Facebook page, and I talked about it. And you know, 
that's it's ridiculous. And if you, that is something you can control, if you're scrolling through Instagram and the classroom reveals that you're seeing are making you want to puke and giving you anxiety, stop following them. <laughs> and they give me anxiety because see, I leave my room bare. Mm-hmm. I barely have. I have a, just a very few sons because what I want is I want my students mm-hmm. to put the stuff on the walls. I want the walls to be their canvas upon which they design their apps when they do this, you know, whatever they create, their storyboards for their movies. That's what I want my wall for. Mm -hmm. And if I take it up trying to make a a classroom that somebody's going to like on Instagram, that's totally the wrong audience for me. And there's lots of great people on Instagram. I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into this this whatever. But you do have to know that that. There are posers in education like every profession. Mm -hmm. And you just have to pray for discernment that you can tell which ones are the deal and which ones are the ones that maybe are going to put you on those guilt trips that you don't need Mm -hmm. to be around. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. So, Vicki, thank you so much for coming on the show today. But actually, there's one more piece. Oh, no. Because I was in there and I was scared of it. So the lightning round is just something really quick and kind of silly. It's just, you know, we get so serious and we typically have a lot of explaining to do and these serious stories to share and these very emotional stories. So I just like to do a quick this or that lightning round to end on a light note. Cool. Okay. All right. Online or at the mall? Neither. Neither. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Maybe online, but (laughs) chair. (laughs) (laughs) Then it'd probably be online. Uh, Okay, so I'm interested to hear your answer to this next one. Credit card or cash? Cash, 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 (laughs) cash, cash, cash. All I can say is Dave Ramsey of Financial Peace University and YNAB. You need a budget. Mm -hmm. This is one area I think has caused more misery for teachers than anything. And I could go on and on about that. Oh, my gosh. We um, could. I just think every credit card should be cut up or it should be frozen in a block of ice. (laughs) And we should only use cash. And I am so much happier the more I've learned from Dave Ramsey and the more I've done YNAB. Just happier. So no hate, hate credit cards. Hate. Made so many bad mistakes with credit cards early in my life that have impacted. Just get rid of them. I will also include links to those resources. (laughs) (laughs) I know you wanted a one word answer, but dear goodness, you just hit me on a hot button. All right. Uh, You've already, here's what's funny is I pre-planned these. You already answered this one. (laughs) What is it? Love seat or sofa? (laughs) (laughs) Recliners. I was going to say, you said chair. It is a sofa. I have big people in my family. So we have those sofas that have all the recliners on them. (laughs) That's awesome. Those are my favorite. I can sleep on those better than I can sleep in a bed. I have slept on many of those. You know, (laughs) my husband can judge my day if I'm asleep by seven (laughs) o'clock. Oh my goodness. Vicki's Thank you so much for your time tonight. I'm so excited to share your message with my burned in teacher listeners. Thanks. And and thanks for what you're doing. It's really important, I think, to talk about burnout and try to help people uh, not. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. And burned in teachers, I want to leave you with this agent of change. Positivity Peyton says, I can do hard things and I won't let challenges affect my attitude. Take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned-in teacher. Burn on.